Because we did, we're doing, we're doing another one. Yeah, we are, and you're welcome. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't even begin to think about saying that to us. We, that we have to do anything other than what we want. No one's going to tell us that. No. All right. Well, if you were expecting a "Don't be an idiot," sorry. Gotcha. April Fools. Hey, it's, it's for some of us. Uh, we we'd like the spooky season to last a little bit longer. Although uh, Halloween does feel officially dead because all of the pumpkins that were in my room are rotting. In my and, room. In this room, I mean. <laughs> Any room for me in there, right? <laughs> no, it's my room. <laughs> me and my pumpkins. <laughs> no one can come in. And I'm getting another one tomorrow. <laughs> I don't care that they're all rotting. I see a tiny little space in that upper corner <laughs> because some have rotted. And may, there's now more room. Right, but it doesn't make... Doesn't make any less pumpkins. You can get them cheap. No, it doesn't make them less pumpkins. It's more. Um, all right. So listen, we had a Halloween party this past weekend, and Percy and Tara of Jersey Ice Cream Company, they honored us with their presence, right? Yes, they did. And Tara was David Bowie from Labyrinth, but Percy. I don't know if you remember from our last episode how we said, you know, maybe you go dressed as a Don't Be an Idiom character. It'd be great if there was like a flashback, like, harp, and then it's just... People should dress as Don't Be an Idiom characters. People should. (laughs) (laughs) Percy came as my childhood nightmare, Jumpin' Jack, and he owned it. He looked so good. He had a chain. He had a terrifying paper mache mask. Um, he it was it was an interpretation because I didn't yeah. give much description. So well, yeah, and truly they, inspiring. And Tara and Percy really went all out to f- try to do this because they contacted me on the side and they were like, "Albert, do you think you can get in touch with Ryan's parents to see mm-hmm. if they have Jumpin' Jack picture?" So I did. I texted Ryan's parents, and his dad was like, "I have no idea where we buried it." And, <laughs> and then he said, "Best to leave Jumpin' Jack alone. We don't want Ryan getting nightmares." Again. It is a good point. It is. I just don't think he wanted to do it. No, that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's looking out for my, so my mental cool. well-being. But anyway, Percy, thank you. That was really special. You're the first person to ever wear a "Don't Be an Idiot." character yeah. costume that is yeah and there can only be uh-huh. one first that is great that is great uh by the way did you send your dad that picture or i of you and jumpin jack will i will <laughs> do that i'm a little slow on the punches when it yeah. comes to sharing texts right. and photos and, and being things. close with your family yeah, no, no, yeah, childhood memories childhood, <laughs> childhood nightmares <laughs> right right <laughs> um but percy told us a little factoid about mischief night Yes, um, he did. Well, maybe saying Mischief Night means is a nonsense to you right now. Right, yeah, for most of you all over the world, because apparently the term Mischief Night, which is the night before Halloween, is regional. It's a regional term. I had no idea. No clue. How did he know that? I think I think he was doing maybe, some deep research. Perhaps. Uh, so... Because I think we're pulling Percy in to be more and more like, he's like, I, I always wanted to... Remember that thing he told us about that guy whose arm is sewn in the back of his shoulder blade? The Ichiban or whatever? Oh, yeah. I forget what I forget how to say it. It wasn't Ichiban. No, no. <laughs> um, shit, yeah, Ichiran? what was that? Yeah, it was something awesome. Um, but yeah, like... Yeah, he's, he's just like... He's becoming his own he, monster here. I love he, it. He is. He is a monster. He's... And for me, I'm a hui man... He's, he's, he's huge. Good. That's the size he's you like want. He's six foot nine. That way you can loom over your prey. Looming. Yeah. Well, you can loom over I people. I can. It's great. I'm a loomy. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. a loomette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On my more feminine days. Yeah. Um, what, <laughs> you're always being loomed upon. I'm always being loomed upon. I'll never know the sensation of looming over someone. <laughs> 
I guess I, I do it with some students. You got to in Japan a little bit. In you J- got a chance. Okay, in Japan, yeah. And I Pretty was short actually population. breaking down doorways because it, I was so tall. Yeah, that's true. Albert was hitting his head on things constantly. <laughs> was, Even the hallway of our first uh, apartment that we stayed in. Yeah, and we had to pay for that shit. Albert, you looked gigantic in uh, Japanese yeah. apartments. It felt good. It really but did. But I felt I felt like a giant. You were, you were lumen. Was, lumen large. Lumen large and in charge. I'm big in Japan. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Everything is. Anyway, so the night before Halloween around here, where we come from, it's mischief called Mischief night. night. And it's when kids go out and they toilet paper trees. Smash they pumpkins. Smash pump- yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Also, what a great band name. People it is. don't it is. stop and go, Smashing Pumpkins. Let me think about the band name for a second. And then it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's an awesome band name. Could you imagine if they weren't so famous? Like, if they were, like, a more underground band, you were like, I've seen a punk band called Smashing Pumpkins? It's a fucking, yeah, Yeah, man, I'd have that t-shirt on. We should make punk. Yes. If Smashing Pumpkins was a punk band, what would that t-shirt look like? Yes. We make them. Right. Right. (laughs) People will be like, oh, yeah, I know. And they're like, no, it's a different one. This is a hypothetical (laughs) band. This just in, Billy Corgan is baffled and excited about the new underground, off-label, off-brand Smashing Pumpkins t-shirts. He is suing to the moon and back. Suing to the moon and back. Like the Tonight Tonight video. Yeah, I get it. Hey, Billy Corgan, when are you uh, suing? Tonight. 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 Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we just thought it was interesting yeah. that where we're from, it's called Mischief Night. In yeah. Michigan, it's called Devil's Night, which you may and remember that's much from more The Crow. Serious. Yeah, yeah, the in The Crow, Crow, they call it Devil's and Night. And everywhere else, it's nothing. Uh, yeah, it's mostly nothing. Oh, wait, but in uh, like Vermont mm-hmm. and a state near Vermont and cabbage some of Canada, Day? it's called Cabbage Night. Cabbage Listen, night. if you celebrate yeah. Cabbage Night, send us an email. Yeah. I want to hear uh, yeah. I want to hear you grew up and just the night before Halloween was Cabbage Night. Yeah, and that's and it's like it's similar enough, right? Cuz they'll smash or leave rotten cabbages yes. and stuff like that on people's doorsteps. Yeah, cabbage so pumpkin. pumpkins, yeah. yeah. It's very And it comes from apparently it comes Appear- from an old <laughs> What's it an American comes, sound like? Apparently. <laughs> totally. Jeez. <laughs> I was doing that kid from the YouTube video. You ever see when he's getting interviewed, a little no. redhead kid, and he's like, apparently I've never been on TV before, and I love the rides, and I love to watch the Powerball. <laughs> I've not seen that. <laughs> oh, my God. The kids, it's great. Okay. Anyway, um, so there's also cabbage day it goes back to an old scottish tradition where oh, okay. the maidens would try to they would pull up cabbages and try to read the leaves to find out who their husband's going to be oh. and then they would leave the the rest on the uh, neighbors uh, prophetic cabbages doorstep. picked by the maids was it going to be a husband Pr- mm-mm. no mm-mm. what do you mean <laughs> Your accents are all <laughs> one accent. <laughs> they, they do not differentiate. I can't. Once I get started, it just goes right in there. Started forever? Yeah. I, you don't even... There's a moment where I think I got it and it is... No one hears it except me. Listen, I'm not just saying my accents right. are, are great or anything. I'm just saying oh, all, good. all of Albert's are a mixture of Australian, English, and Irish. Yeah. So, and like Jamaican or something too. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I won't be able to have that for long. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the three safe ones and just smashed them together. Well, it looks, it sounds great. Anyway, <laughs> soon uh, people are going to be doing the Albert accent. Oh, God, I'm creating my own accent. I don't want to hear too many of those. It's regional. <laughs> um. So also, last time we we picked three of our favorite monster movies. But we realized after the episode was over, like, these, these aren't favorites. I have other movies I love even more than this. And yeah. sometimes it just depends on the day. If I right. wake up and I'm like, yeah, actually, this movie's my oh, favorite yeah. today. But uh, we, this segment's going to be called Another, Another Three, Three Great, Great Ones. ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was really trying to not line up with you. Oh, I was trying to catch you. I know. That's, oh, why, yeah. I was, that's why it's funny, right? Yeah. But um, Albert thought I was going to guess 
John Carpenter's The Thing. Definitely. And He's always David like, Cronenberg's the, the Fly as two of my favorite monster movies. And I I love them both so much, they didn't even come to mind. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because they like, were they're, looming they're like, over even, every other... They're, yeah, they're looming like you in Japan. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> <laughs> over... Yeah, it's like you don't consider them because you're like these aren't even rateable. They're in a cla- mm-hmm. they're in a glass case yes. above the sky. The numbers like they're, they're numberless. They're mm-hmm. infinite. Right, right. That's how I, the thing is the greatest creature feature of all time. It is really nice. And the fly is just seeing Jeff Goldblum rot into that beautiful fuck freak of a creature. That was lovely. <sighs> yeah, but Albert just but watched a recent creature. He uh, oh, he watched a new creature feature, which is from the eighties. But it's called yes. Brain Damage. Brain Damage. And Shout out I to my this. Fright Night girls. Thanks for letting me come to the party. Ooh, Ooh. you had a Fright Night? Yeah. Um, oh, Katie, Katie and, and Hannah. Hannah. Oh, yeah, Hannah yeah. told me that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I got, I got in you on got the in. club. Yeah. All right. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, shocker. So anyway, yeah, they Brain Damage. Uh, whew. Same Frank, guy that uh, made... Frank Hennenlotter. He made, made Basket, Basket Case. And it is... And Bad Biology. No, I haven't seen that one. Did That's he also make Frankenhooker? Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> I saw Frankenhooker. Yeah, I think Frankenhooker's got got upstairs. Yeah, so I bet you do. Anyway, it's uh, a parasite <clears throat> that, yeah, it's, that gives him hallucinate, hallucinatory sort of liquid, right? This blue liquid shoots it, into his brain. It's addictive, and yeah, it's basically like being on shrooms or acid, right? And then, uh, but then, and he, as a payback, you have to find other brains for Edgar to eat. It's not. It's a Elmer. Elmer. Yeah. Yeah, but it's actually spelled with an A. Anyway, so you know, you get you get drugged up, then you get some brains for him to eat, and back and forth, and then you can't get rid of them because then you go through crazy withdrawal. It's a tale as old as time yeah. itself. Yeah. So check that out. It's really it's a it it's a low weird. budget, but it's fun and disgusting, and it's it's yeah it's a it's it's a true pleasure. I believe we gave it a seven. That's that's good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or maybe it was so 7.5. I don't know. 0.5s. Well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think I should vote the first time. There better be logic to the half points. Anyway, I, want, I want a detailed logic. Oh, yeah. You don't do half points, right? <laughs> not, I'm not a big half point guy. Yeah, I didn't think Unless so. you award something two half points, and then that yeah. way it can be a One whole. Point. Or you could just do a scale of 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then people start adding halves <laughs> to that. I know where this goes. Um, and the other thing we introduced last time was uh, these um, monster theses, these yeah. seven monster theses from this, um, oh, what's his name? A real professor at a Scottish university. No, that's actually, <laughs> I just said I learned this in Scotland. I didn't say he's Scottish. Uh, you might have implied it. I didn't. Um, Jeffrey Jerome Cohen. And so he has these these seven different arguments to make about like the monster in the monster body. And so the second thesis is the monster always escapes. So how do you interpret that? Ooh, okay. So wait, does this relate to the first point where it's like the thing? It's a new point, but like it's the same does idea. It, does it relate back? Because I would say the whole idea is like uh, the escaping, if it goes back to the first point where it's like things that we're culturally afraid of, then maybe the escape is like, we lose control of it and we need to, and we like want so desperately to try to get it under wraps, something mm, like that. That's pretty, that's a, a unique perspective. Actually, that, that could play into this as well. Okay. I don't know. Like if you take it literally, like the monster never, the monster always escapes. If you take like the alien movie. Yeah. With Sigourney Weaver, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, Weaver, you know, every movie you think the xenomorph has been destroyed, right? Yeah. And it always finds a way to, to come back. Yeah. And as time goes on, you know, you look at the, the original alien compared to like the new one. As time goes on, the monster itself, this goes back to the first point, represents a different cultural moment. Like wow. the vampire in the 1890s is different from the vampire in the 1990s sure. versus today. Like the vampire always comes back to us as something new that represents something about our our own society in that moment is that like fashion trends because i feel like the 90s have been back twice now the 90s are back that's what i mean they're back but like they like you know well if you look at is it like that if you think the the decade the 90s is a monster then it is then it sort of is okay so then it's back and that's that's the point okay (laughs) so it works for scary stuff and clothes Uh wow 
that's the kind I wonder of, what that's a that's what's that about our brains? Why do we do that? I don't know. It's the reason why there's so many sequels and remakes to monster movies. Oh, and that's the reason why there's so many sequels and remakes to close because we're all out of, of new, new ideas. ideas. Thank you. Is that possible? Yeah, that's the major claim of this episode, actually. Oh, okay. We're all out yeah. of new ideas. Yeah, we did a monster episode last week. And, and like, look, we here did. we are again. All right, so I think um, that's, you know, it's, that's the top of the show. Good. That's the top of the show. That's the, and that's the top, the top of the of show. The show. <laughs> <laughs> also, this was uh, thank you, Alyssa, for sending us our number one fan sent us a postcard from Amoeba Music. That was so nice. Thanks, Berkeley, Alyssa. California. Thank you so much. And this is just I want to say, Sammy, if you're listening, I know you're having some health issues, buddy, and I hope that this episode brings you renewed invigoration mm. and a will to live. I hope so too. I, th- I think that'll do it. <laughs> that was a lot of enthusiasm. So. Well, I've been reading a lot of the, that Edgar Cayce book. And oh, I believe a lot more in the power of like, oh shit, you know, yeah, stuff, Ener- <laughs> energy, <laughs> energy, yeah, men, men, mind energy, yeah. Like oh. you can you know, talk to angels in your sleep, and they tell you how to fix everything. Huh? That would be convenient, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, it's very it's hard to too communicate easy. otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we're gonna play Monster War. This will determine which one of us will go first. Albert will, you know, introduce a monster to me and therefore you. I will do the same, vice versa. And then you got two new monsters in your pockets. Mm-hmm. This is the audio monster in my pocket. Oh, man. Don't even get me started on monster <laughs> in my pocket. That purple seven-headed guy that everyone wanted. Oh, yeah, man. Well, that was a big one. <sighs> yeah. I think they had special names for those ones. They did. I was reading a list of every name of every monster in my pocket the other wow. night. Wow. And I'll tell you what, that's good reading. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I'll tell you what, like the the uh, autistic side of me, I just would love lining them up in like uh-huh. color order by size. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and then you mess them up. <laughs> so we're going to play Monster War right. and uh, we'll see. Okay. It's just like regular war, only with monster cards. One, two, three. And the flip. I got a queen again. I got a king. It's the the monster from Frankenstein. I'm the mummy. Nice. Good job, Ryan. Yeah, good job to you. Thanks. <laughs> so I was looking at our annual little data, like our annual data for the podcast, Albert. Mm. And I noticed that this year, Australia is the number one listening country behind America. Woo! So I was like, right, jolly. And I knew Albert was going to do that. <laughs> And I apologize to everyone out there. <laughs> but um, I was like, you know what? Since Australia is so badass and, you know, we got some some people over there, I'm going to do an Australian monster. Cool. And I'm going to do the most famous one because maybe some of you have never heard of it. Wait a second. Is it the ghost kangaroo? It is not. It uh, is the bunyip. The bunyip? Yeah. I don't know if I know about the bunyip. Well, now I'm about to tell you. All Wonderful. Wonderful. So this is for Australia. Um, Can I guess what I think it is like (laughs) real quick? Sure. All right. It sounds like, well, it sounds like bunion, right? Uh Uh-huh. But I'm thinking, then that makes me think of an onion. Mm -hmm. So is it like a little plant bulb kind of an animal that pops up? I love that guess. You know, like, and it's just like, bunion. No. Bunion time. No, you're wrong. Okay. It's not. Oh, and it smells because it's like an onion. That's a really good guess. All right. It's, It's incorrect. All right. So the bunyip is this mythical creature that came from the Aboriginal peoples of Australia. And there, before the Europeans got there, there were over 250 different languages. And so many of their languages had an, a different word for bunyip. Wait a second. 250 different languages in Australia? Yes. Just amongst the Aboriginal peoples there. So they're like each tribe had their own yeah, language basically wow and then the europeans came over obviously messed all that shit up did right. the same thing with the native americans can't yes. help it right but so they they um apparently a like a bunch of different uh tribes had their own word for the bunyip okay but the but the first time this was written down like the word bunyip was written down was by some you know european writer there and the you know, they're coming to Australia for the first time. They're seeing all of these animals that 
they've never seen before, like yeah, the platypus. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing the platypus for the first time? Not even ever, ever seeing a picture. Kill it. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> no, I know. It's just like, what is it? They lay eggs, don't they? Yeah. Right? Aren't Weird. they the only mammal that lays eggs or something? Probably. The bunyip might lay eggs. I think it does, actually. It does. Onion eggs that go into the ground? So this is a, this is like a, a water monster, basically. Okay. Um, some, of the, some of the different uh, communities call it a water spirit. But it's, Interesting. But it's dangerous. Um, at the same time, though, in the 1800s, there were all of these different sightings of, of a bunyip. So nice. some people believe it's like a real physical monster, and some think that it's just like a spirit, like an entity. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have something to say about that when I get to my monster. Ooh. I'm not just being unresponsive by it because I'm rude. So, oh, I don't think you're being rude okay. at all. Um, but apparently they make these these really these super loud noises, like these kind of piercing screeches while simultaneously a deep yell. And Mm. that means that they're near. And if you come too close to the water's edge, they, they would eat you. Nice. Or like tear you to shreds. What are we looking at? What does their mouth look like? Good question. So here's the thing about the bunyip. There are so many different sort of variations of him that he has no distinct Right. Appearance. Yes. All right. So I'm going to read you one early one that was written in the 1800s. I'm just going to say I've been having the same issue with my monster. Well, this kind of funnily in- enough. This is kind of interesting, though. Like he's been he's been described as being huge and really and also really small. Jersey Devil. He's been described as being like a seal or being more like a dog or something like that. Totally. So he he just has all of these different. Um, and yet you can when you hear them all, I bet you can like have some sort of a formed sense of what it looks like, right? Yeah, I mean it's in the water all the time. It's super spooky. <laughs> oh, well, that's why it would definitely be looking different for sure. Right. But like you can imagine, I feel like, can you imagine what the bunyip looks like at all? Well, remember my, uh, the now with that information, yeah, yeah I want, he's like, to me, he's like, well, you know, I love a big mouth. So it's mm-hmm. like, like sort of alligatory, but I'd like it to be more scary than that. Yeah. Well, an early, an early description says that it was described as having a round head, an elongated neck, and a body resembling that of an ox, hippopotamus, or manatee. That's pretty big. I read, a, I read a statistic that 60% of sightings, the bunyip resembles a seal or a swimming dog, and 20% are of long-necked creatures with small heads. Hmm. What about the other 20%? <laughs> That's I don't 80. want to do this fucking survey. Get out of my face, you fucking freak. <laughs> I guess we can only report 80%. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and there's... there's there was a written account. Oh, here it is. This is from 1945. It was also the first time the word bunyip was ever used. The bunyip, then, is represented as uniting the characteristics of a bird and of an alligator. It has a head Called resembling it. an emu with a long bill at the extremity of which is a transverse projection on each side with serrated edges like the bone of the stingray. Transverse perception, you say? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Transverse projection. <laughs> Long claws. I can see it now. Kills some of its prey by hugging it to death. Ugh. When in the water, it swims like a frog, and it can also go on its hind legs on land. Nice. Wait. It can, so it has getting gills? up to twelve to thirteen feet. Does it have gills? It must. Well, not I all. Guess alligators like, don't. Hi- hippopotamuses don't. Right. 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 So no, I think it'd be like that. I was just wondering how long he could stay out of the water. Oh, good question. Because you know, I don't think that long, right? Because he seems like su- probably likes the water better. Mm-hmm. What else More is like buoyant. that? A frog, right? Frogs love the water. They love swimming. Well, they're amphibians, though. Yeah. Right. But, but this, is, a, this is an amphibious monster, though. <laughs> Very interesting. Thank you. So if it's amphibious, that means, you know, amphibians are a little. A little confusing, right? Is that it, to be an amphibian, do you just have to start with gills and then grow lungs? Uh, Is that like the defining feature? Aren't you like an elementary school science I've teacher it sometimes? I've so many times <laughs> and I have to remind myself every time. Well, let's leave that to a caller. If anyone wants yeah. to call in about amphibians. But um, 
I'm, I'm going to give you a couple more things. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay. A lot more things. So the, so the word bunyip is usually translated by Aboriginal Australians today as devil or evil spirit. But the problem is that mm. some of these words don't have translations to English, you know? Sure. And so it could, that might not paint a super accurate picture. Like they could be talking about like herbs or something. Um, that's not really what I meant at all, but I, I see what you mean. But in reverse. <laughs> but I understand how your brain. Like they're talking about up. hay and we are hearing herbs. <laughs> yeah. That would be a gross mis- <laughs> misperception. Right. Um, so angry. Yeah. About the herbs. Too angry. But do I have any, like, what else do I want to say about this? So some some scientists have tried to explain it away by saying that, one, there might have been not too long ago creatures that went extinct before the Westerners got to Australia. So, oh. there, so there could be like these animals awesome. they had never seen before that they talked about that was actually a real animal. Right. Because they were right. But why didn't scientists today find them? They should have found some evidence. <laughs> right. Some evidence. Are they are they doing much excavating down in Australia? They, they digging up stuff, right? Oh my god, there must be so much good stuff there. Right? Like right? boomerangs. What a resource. <laughs> boomerangs. Jesus. <laughs> Moron. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um anyway. So and oh, so, and other and morons just jumped right out of you, <laughs> like you had it locked and loaded. <laughs> it's been loaded for years. Um, other scientists have said that there are these um, animals called. Have you ever heard of a? Oh, I can't find it. I don't th- can't find it on my notes, but a dugong. Dugong. <laughs> Do you know what that is? I don't think so. It's like, it's like a, a Tasmanian oh, yeah, devil. Yeah, dugong. Yeah, it's, it's a marine mammal. It kind of looks like. Oh, um, like what you would call it? Like a walrus? Just fucking Google it. Dugong? How do you spell it? D u d u g o n g. D u g o n g. Here we go. Dugong. Yeah, it looks like a manatee. That's not a monster. Well, anyway. Right? Uh, Wouldn't you want it to be scarier than that? Well, yeah, but that might be some doc. Some oh. scientists say that's what that is. Oh wait, and this one's on land. Oh. What? Maybe that's why they think that about them coming out of the land on the water. Right. On the land. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and the uh, one other thing I was going to say was. Anyway. What time is it in Australia? Right now? Yeah. I'd have to look. Do you want me to actually look? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> also, it's a podcast. People listen to it at any time during the day. It's not like. I'm just trying to give you different Australia stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, and so I did find a connection between this and an idiom because bunyip is now, um, it's like now a word that they use in Australia. Well, you guys can email us if this isn't really a word that people use anymore. But a synonym for imposter, pretender, or a humbuck. Is a bunyip? Is a bunyip. Awesome. Apparently it's it's like part of the Australian vocabulary. That's great. Um, Way to bring the idiom in there. What about, do you think... Does it have any shape shifting abilities? The the I think culturally, yes. <laughs> because there's so many varieties. Oh right, so it looks different all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. So in so in that to way call someone yeah, you know, a shapeshifter. A shapeshifter, right? Yeah. Makes well, perfect sense. And that makes you, you heard it here first. A smart man. Thank you. So I just want to show Albert some uh drawings. Oh yeah, I love that. That's one pictures. that's one drawing. It looks great. It looks like it almost looks like a, like a scaled cow. Oh, that looks really good. <laughs> that looks like a whole island of a cat. Jeez, just I coming see you, at you. I can see you getting that tattoo. That's a great tattoo. This is one from the 1800s. Oh, it looks like more like weird. an alien. Yeah, that one's got wiggly legs. Uh, very wiggly. And one giant eye. Um, this bird is. Uh, it's believed that the sound that. That um, they've heard bunyips make might actually be this bird called the uh, cassowary. Dude, look at this thing. Look at those paws. Jeez. That's a pretty bizarre look, bird, yeah, huh? It's huge. Big. And has these big old claws. They always try to blame monsters on birds. 
I know. You know that? Can't it just be a monster? If one more person tells me the Sandhill Crane is the Mothman or the Jersey Devil, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> There's a uh, kids book called The Bunyip of Berkeley's Creek and dude Sweet. I think you would love it. He's so sad. He's trying to find out what a bunyip looks like and everywhere he goes he goes oh, they don't look like anything. That is weird. And he gets like all sad because he like can't find anyone to describe what a bunyip looks like because wow. in actuality it is hard to describe. That might scare children though. It's so sad though, right? It is sad. And then in Melbourne there's a statue of a bunyip yeah, dude. He looks like a traveling little dragon guy. He looks good, he right? He does. So we got to get to Melbourne. My sister lived there for a year. Sweet. And then, did you know there was a Philadelphia kids show in the early 60s, and one of the characters was Bertie the Bunyip. Whoa. And it was on Philadelphia local, local television. That's awesome. That means somebody was Australian that's, on that show. The guy who wrote it was Australian. Perfect. And he brought a monster onto a kid's show. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? Yes. So that's about it for me. Um, so if anyone is in Australia, Australia, <laughs> keep an eye out for the bunion. Oh, and that's the bunion. So, all right, well, um, we have one more monster. Well done. To explore. But why don't you listen to these spooky sounds for a, li- for a little break? You deserve a little break. <laughs> Okay, so welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> this is Ray Romano. We've got Ray Romano here and Ryan. And I just ate so many Reese's. <laughs> Too many Reese's, Deb. Oh my God. <laughs> You're Ray Romano. It's so off. <clears throat> oh man, Ray Romano. That is good. <laughs> Let's hear yours. Uh, my brother's tall. Deborah, remember? <laughs> All right. And it feels like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> well, it's very similar <laughs> in the throat where you're talking. All right. All right. So Albert's going to share. The headphones. It's my turn. Yes. Albert's going to share his monster. All right. Monster number two. We may have had too much apple wine because Albert got this. Pine Barrens wine. Right. For the, I thought it was for the first time, but I forgot we bought it once before. All right. What's the name of your monster? Monster number two is all the way from Japan. Nice. The Kappa. Ooh. Dude. Tell me what you know about the Kappa. Well, I do know some. Damn it. <laughs> you know what? I figured you might have known a but little But I don't know a lot. I, I just... I um. He wasn't my first choice. When I taught gothic literature, I did a unit on Kwaidan, those Japanese ghost stories. Cool. And so I did a whole lesson on like all of the different monsters that appear in the different Kwaidan. Awesome. And one of them was the Kappa. But I just... Well, what do you remember about I it? I think it's like a frog-like guy. Yes, and some ha- would say. He has like a puddle in his head on yes, top of his head. Yes, they would say that as well. Yes. And he hangs around like the rivers and lakes and stuff. Yeah. But that's all I know. Are you sure? Because there is some surprising stuff about this guy. Well, I might remember it as you tell me, but that's all I can bring in mind. That's all right. But I need to tell you, I love that you did a Japanese monster because you know, Japan is the best. Japan is the best. It's been on my mind lately. And I had a full dream in Japan the other night. And Whoa. I would like to say that was the meaning for me picking a Japanese monster, but I actually had made the decision the night before. And I think mm. I was thinking about Japan so much that I had a um, full dream about it. That's still it. okay, though. But it was the whole night, and it was it's great. Very cool. Um, something about hair, doing hair. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so uh, there are some, there's a couple, like a handful of uh, the most popular mm-hmm. uh, Japanese monsters. And. 
like I was saying before, Kappa wasn't my first choice because he's not. Like, I usually like a really big monster. I yeah, like sure. A lot of a big old mouth, lots of teeth. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff really gets me going. But this guy's story, uh, it was undeniable that the world need to know about. It. But the first thing I want to talk about. One of the many reasons that I love Japan is because they have a monster classification system. Oh, man. That's a... What a country. <sighs> what Seriously. They've got a mascot for every town, and they've got... I know. And they're cute. A, and they've got a scale. And they got cartoons on the monsters. train. Oh, I love that. And every machine makes a cool noise. That's true. <clears throat> anyway, so here's what we have. So the, the first thing we're going to talk about are the Yurei. And mm -hmm. they are a classification that's ghosts and spirits, you know, like okay, yeah. less substantial stuff. All right. Then you have the yokai, which are mm -hmm. creatures like demons, ogres, and monsters. Mm -hmm. And you might remember, Rai, when we were over in Japan, there was that famous uh, oh. kid show called Yokai Watch. Yeah, right. That? Yeah. Um, well, so that gives you an idea of what that comes from. They're, you know, they're like yeah. demons and spirits and stuff, like little monsters. There's also a Japanese. Um, short movie series called yokai ah. and it's about this group of all these monsters that come to the aid of some so great some character so great so we should watch some of those yeah absolutely i mean japan just <laughs> don't even get me started <laughs> all right <laughs> love japan yeah um so then then they also have another word which is uh obaka which is a general catch-all for any kind of monster. Okay. So they have like they have three. I like how they have three different words. You know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Where does the what's the um demon called Oni? Is it the yeah. Name of the demon. Yeah. All right. So I saw Oni, and I can't remember if he's substantial or more like you know like. like I think ghost. I don't think it's really a single. There's not a single Oni. There's, no, there's not. I'm just it's saying like, like it's the, like those are the demons or whatever. Yeah. Well, if it's a demon, if it's seems like if it's something that has like a body, then it, mm. that that's the yokai. And then gotcha, if it's more yeah. of like ghosty or spirity, it's yeah. a Yuri. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So, and then if you're if you're, you're so rushed that you need to lump them all in, then you say Obaka. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here is the deal with the Kappa. I'm going to tell you what they look like a little bit. So you would call them reptilian. Uh, they walk upright, but they spend most of the time in the lakes and ponds mm -hmm. of Japan, right? Uh, they also are said to be about the size of a small child or a large monkey. Huh. They have webbed uh, hands and feet because they're water type, you know. Yeah. Um, some have said that they look like a giant frog or a turtle. And like sometimes they have a shell on their back and sometimes it's more of a beak on the face. And yeah. I've sometimes seen, they have more hair. I've seen the beak illustrations yeah. before. Yeah. Also, Loveland Frog in Ohio. He's kind of a, of so a I was, capper. I was thinking about him a little bit while we were doing this. Yeah. But, oh, this reminds me because what you were saying about the bunyip is that mm. there are so many different descriptions of what oh, the kappa okay, look cool. like. And there's over 80 different names for the kappa. Wow. Oh, that is very similar to the bunyip. Right? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, and it just all comes down to like where... Region. Like, what, well, that's, that's part of it too because there was this whole divide uh, back when like the kappa was started. And it was, if you were in the, let me see... It was like a west-east kind of thing. So, like, if you were in the east, you were calling them kappas, and they mm -hmm. usually had that turtle shell sort of thing. If you were in the west, you would call them a catawaro, which is more hairy and monkey-like. Oh. But then, over time, the more reptilian, reptilian one. I'm glad reptilian went yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just unnatural, all that hair in the water. No, I don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, so uh, their skin is bluish or greenish. It's like, uh, sometimes it's described as scaly. Sometimes it's slimy and, uh, they, uh, they have this, the hair around their head looks almost like a monk. You know how mm -hmm. they shave the top? Yeah. And it's like shaggy on the side. Sure. Yeah. Right. And then what you had kind of mentioned before that puddle on their head, that's yeah. called a Sarah. And it's like a, it's like almost like a, just a, a, a divot in their head, like a, like a bowl yeah. in the head. And when they emerge from the water, they, it, it has water in it and that's where they get their power from. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, cool. So if it was to dry out or spill or whatever, then they become really weak. Oh, wow. Yeah, but all they right? need is a little, little dip. Under yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if you're in like the desert. <laughs> yeah. You better not yeah. be a cap in the desert. You don't want to stay too far right. from, the, from the water. So, um, oh, I, I have a picture for you. Uh, there's a lot of different depictions, but look at this guy. He's eating a human arm. Can you put your there. screen down a little bit? Yeah. Oh, wow. Very He's cool. He's going to town. 
Yeah, he looks really good. Yeah, right? He's He looks like a frog, but he also has the beak. He really has that monk hair. Yeah. And then the little puddle. Yeah, you can see how there's like all the different descriptions kind of come in. But uh, So they like to eat eggplant, melons, squash, and cucumber. That's cute. Funnily enough, if you go out to a fine sushi restaurant and order a kappa maki, yeah. that's um, named after kappa. And, oh. and it's because there's cucumber in it, and that's what they eat. Oh, They're like famous wow. to eat cucumber. So the next time you order a cucumber sushi, which Think seems a little dull. Think of this cute yokai. Yeah. Well, he's cute now. He used to be really horrifying. <laughs> Wait till you see what else he does. You just changed sushi menus for people. It changed sushi menu for me. I just wish it was like it a... Changed sh- <laughs> sushi, sushi, sushi. <laughs> no. <laughs> I... I uh, I will never look at that the same. I just wish that it was a, a more exciting order. I don't want to order just celery yeah. sushi. I, I do sometimes. You do? Well, you oh, wait, no, no. I know. I'm thinking of cucumbers. Yeah. yeah oh, celery, that's what I mean. No, that's what I mean. It oh. is cucumbers. Yeah, Sorry, I like, I like cucumber bad. vegetarian ones. Yeah, it just there's not a lot to them. I would like at least a little something in there. Okay. A little sweet potato, a little avocado. A little avocado. A little avocado. All right, what else about Kappa? All right, so their name means river child or water sprite or water monkey. And as I mentioned before, there's over 80 other different ways to say Kappa, but that one kind of won. I won. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's possible that they were mistaken early on for monkeys or turtles or the extinct Japanese river otter. Ooh, that sounds like it would have been very cute. Right? Yeah, Japanese river otter. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. And I want to tell you a little bit about where this story kind of comes from. So there's this, this is flimsy, okay? (laughs) But if there's any meat on the bone, it goes all the way back to 720 AD. There's a um, a book. It's the Nihon Shoki. And it's the, that's what means the Chronicles of Japan. It's like one of the earliest official records of things going on in Japan, right? And they mentioned something called the Kawa no Kami, which was a river deity. There's not a lot of description about them, though. Yeah. And there is just this idea that maybe that was the original sighting. Like, of, that's the first the, Kappa. the first yeah. Kappa, yeah. 720. Yeah, but there's really doesn't... That's about it. Just basically the water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Something weird in the water. But then it became popular, the story of the Kappa in the Edo period, which is from like 1615 to like the 1860s. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first drawing of a Kappa ever showed up in 1713. So, and I have that picture here, but, uh, there's also some people that think that they were discarded babies because back if like they had, um, uh, like a deformed or too many children, they would kind of have to toss them in the water. So there's a theory that, um, the cap is all of those babies grown up, all were wacky looking. You know what? That's how, that was what I was thinking the theory was oh, okay. going to do. But um, it was uh, some people think it was something that you told like to your kids to stay away from like dangerous bodies of water or where something yeah. re- like disgusting might show up. Right? Be like, oh, there's a monster in there. Yeah, and, so stay but it's away. Really just a dead baby. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. That's yeah. It's dark. Yeah, because it would mess your kid up. Right. That's totally right. So could it come from there? There was also this uh, in 1549 Jesuit monks came over and they mm-hmm. had this, they had that haircut with the yeah, bowl cut right. out and like they had their you know their paunchy ropes sure. tied around. Their you things. think that so, influenced like, the artwork? Maybe people saw that like at night and they were like, "It's a kappa." <laughs> Start checking things so at it's it. Like yeah, the imagery of that might have been it. And then there's one other idea that it it comes from something called an enko, which is a Chinese river monkey that comes from a Buddhist parable that is like about these monkeys seeing the reflection of the moon in the water mm-hmm. and then they try to save it, but then they j- fall in and drown. Oh, I feel like I've heard of that before. So they're also thinking it might be That's something like really that. good. Yeah, could have come from that. Um, let's talk attack, okay? When, when a... Uh, Kappa attacks when a kappa attacks they don't look like they would attack anybody really they actually are kind of cute in some of the depictions yeah and they look that's the thing they don't look all that menacing no uh they are yeah so they will drag people or horses or cattle into the water and drown them obviously they're very powerful in the Mm -hmm. water and um there's a theory that they're they're after something really important now (laughs) do you remember something called a your Kodama? No. In your, in your, when you were learning remember, about no. this? Okay. No. So this was basically the linchpin of why I decided to pick this one because <laughs> I felt like our audience needs to know about this. Yeah. So 
Shirkodama is it was called sort of like a um like a fabled or organ or like mm-hmm. a, like a organ that like it's almost like they're not sure if it's real. Yeah. But there's this idea an that it's like an organ, like a yeah, new body. In your body. Right? Yeah, so okay. it is a ball that is found inside the human anus. Okay. And and the um kappa they attack humans to get that is no the theory. way. Now there's some, that's not true, dude. There's something to this because they believe that this theory evolved out of when there's a drowning victim. Yeah. Um, your uh, your sphincter loosens mm-hmm. and a like a ball kind of forms <laughs> at oh. the end. And they were that people would relate it to drowning victims, but it actually happens in like many ways when you die. Yeah. Like, but I guess that that's how like people were like waterlogged there if not found for a while. Oh my! So they God, believe that, that these disgusting. dead people that the kappa was trying to get that. Oh my God! <laughs> Ew, kappa, that's so disgusting. Weird. Yes, it's okay. very weird. So. There's also some like theory, uh, like like legendary kind of theory about what the Shikadama is. So some think maybe it's the location of the human soul. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's... And then there's others that think that it's something called the Buddhist Hojo, yeah. which is an onion-shaped jewel that grants wishes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And it's in the butt. Ew, onion-shaped jewel. I hate that. That's like the worst thing I've ever heard. And it's probably taken. Probably. So yeah. the, the other, the last idea is that it rips it out to get to your liver. Because mm. it's Easy right access. in the path that takes <laughs> your liver. Lord. I'd like you to take a I'm real get- good look at this, this painting here. <laughs> really get in there. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> is that horrifying? That is what? disgusting. But this is new. This yeah, is like a kind of a newer made to look right? old though, right? <laughs> that makes you not happy. <laughs> and these will all be posted on dubiamonster.com. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> oh, we should probably save that URL soon. Yeah, we should. Dope. Or if one of our nice uh, you know, listeners wants to put that aside for us, that'd be a great Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that URL you talked Time, about. Times are tough. Thank you. Over at Don't Be an Idiot Headquarters. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, they'll they'll drag you down, they'll drown you, and they're gonna steal your butt onion. But <laughs> they also sometimes like to be a little more playful. So they <laughs> okay. are also known to hide in toilets so that they can sneak up and stroke women's buttocks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Which we do not condone <laughs> here at Dubia Monster. No, we do not. But where did you read this? You need consent, brother. Um, this is wild, dude. This is this is it. You're you go, stroking you, butts. You go look. Right. You go look up any Wikipedia page, you will you will find what I found. Right, what else? No, I did. I used other sources. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, th- th- then it gets dark immediately again. Sometimes they would rape women, uh, oh, and they get impregnated at, and have grotesque children. Oh my! Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm not going to go on about that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear anymore. All right. So, it also has a couple of weaknesses. As I mentioned before, that Sarah, the bowl on top of his head, if it dries up or if it spills, it gets very weak, okay? Yeah, right. So you could, that's how you, you wrangle them, yeah, right? Can you like get a straw and just drink it out? Yeah, you get a, they probably didn't have like crazy straws back then. So With he'd bamboo. be like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely had straws though. Yeah, but not crazy straws. What the heck? <laughs> Partner? Um, all right. And what else? Um, uh, oh, okay. So they're also very polite. So if you bow to them, they have to bow back to oh, you. Oh, and then it spills it out of spills their divot. Water, oh, right? okay. But they also like to challenge people at sumo matches. Oh, uh, that's funny. So if they square up with you, like, yeah. and you, and you, you like don't want to sumo with them, yeah. then you just remind <laughs> them that you have to bow before the match. Yeah, and then they, then they. Uh, this they is good over. advice. Like, no, and then you grab. You this is them, good advice. Right? This is like a travel podcast. Yeah, this this is how you get them. Travel tips with Albert. Um, there's also there are some artistic depictions of ways to catch a kappa, mm-hmm. and. What you basically need is you need somebody to be the bait and moon them. <laughs> okay. They don't like to be mooned? Well, they want that 
thing in your butt. Oh my God. You're like the fate. And there is this great print that you need to see um, of a guy and he is, He's created an apparatus, and it, it he's mooning oh. the he's mooning the kappa, and there is a bow. Folks, in he's mooning the kappa. I'm looking at it; it's bright as day. Oh my There's goodness! There's a bow and arrow poised over it with a knife on it, so it's right. gonna shoot the kappa. Aw, what? Yeah, you don't want those hanging around. I guess not. Yeah, <laughs> but that man setting the bait is a brave, bold, right? bold man for sure. They also dislike gourds, sesame, ginger, and, of course, iron. All those fabled creatures, they hate iron. Yeah. I'd love to dive more into that. Fairies and stuff, they're all iron. All right, let's make the next one all about iron. All right, iron. Uh, And there's also this uh, idea that can go one of two ways, that if you eat a cucumber before swimming, you will either be protected from the kappa or be attracted to the kappa. So that like so you, to be attacked we, or yeah yeah like they're gonna come at you. Those are very opposite ideas. That's why I wouldn't use it as like a. That's not like a birth control. Yeah. Right. Maybe just don't eat the cucumber then. Just maybe just yeah. If, uh, you if, don't if need that much good luck, right? That much about the way you're about to go swimming. Maybe don't go in. Yeah, just don't go in. Yeah. Um, okay, they're also renowned for farting. <laughs> Okay. But they hate farts from other people. <laughs> Albert, where are you getting all this information? Is Dude, this I'm, true? I'm fine. There's really good, um, like, yokai, Japanese, like, the information on, again, because Japan is amazing. Like, the people who get into this shit, yeah. it's like, it's so detailed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And fantastic artwork. I mean. Right. Um, so they hate farts. Now, I actually have another image here for you, Rai. Mm-hmm. And this was an ad that was for something <laughs> called a fartist. Okay. Which is a Japanese professional fart entertainer, and they do exist. So this guy used a kappa in his ad. Can you see that? Yeah, I see it. He's farting away the kappa. I see, yeah. Because he's that good. Wow. Okay. So maybe, you know, if you're in trouble and like running from one, just let, let it rip. rip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Again, great advice. Thank you. Uh, I have a little bit more, actually. So um, (laughs) they can also (laughs) be helpful, okay? Mm -hmm. They're talented in making salves, medicines, and especially setting broken bones. In fact, if you yank a kappa's arm off, which apparently happens kind of frequently enough for there to be this rule, that um, they will... They will trade you magical uh, medical secrets if you give it back to them because they can reset it um, even oh, though it's been ripped off. Yeah. So like if you get one's arm, you can like they can give you like magic potion. Yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah. So um, you don't want to keep a cap of arm anyway. No, it probably would stink. Fuck! Keep hitting this mic stand. Uh, oh, they also smell like fish. I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah, I would guess that. Yeah. So if they smell like fish, would before their arms ripped off. Can you even imagine? No, that it'd be afterwards? terrible. Yeah. Um, so I meant to look up if we've ever been to one of these, but they have shrines for Kappa. Oh man, we could have gone. And, and um, you, the, you like leave them cucumbers. Oh, I love that. And in the Sonji Temple in Asaka, nope, Asakusa, Tokyo, mm. um, they call this temple uh, the Kappadera. Oh, and there's cool. a legend that the area was subject to floods for a really long time, and then Kappa came along and helped build flood control structures, and. It is rumored that they have a mummified kappa hand at that at that temple. No way, really. That's what they, That's the rumor. Oh. What do you think? I I, I think believe it's it. It's time to go. <laughs> I, I just wonder. I wonder if we've been there because we went to a bunch of temples. And yeah, maybe. Know all the names. Oh, that's my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Today they've become more of like a kawaii cutesy thing. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, so they use them for like sign warnings, like don't go swimming here. Or sometimes it's like come swimming here, yeah. um, which is funny because they used to like use like scary versions of that to like ward people off. But now and there's now welcoming. It's like, welcome to the water kind yeah. of things. Which oh, or it's like, a lot of mixed like, messages about the kappa, right? And yeah. then it's like you might be like on a don't litter sign, like don't litter. The kappa says, yeah. But I thought there was, there was this good quote that I found about, like, that kind of rounds the whole thing out. And it said, a yokai that used to represent the violence and unpredictability of the natural world, and especially water, 
has now literally become a poster child for the effort to stop the sacrifice of nature. Ironic, ain't it? It is ironic, it's but like it's a, a nice, circle, right? he's a hero now, yeah. which I think is great. I know, it's great. I do like him better as the scary one. Oh, for sure. Obviously. Yeah. I got a couple of fun facts. I know okay. that was long. <laughs> I got a couple of fun facts for you. So the the word kappa is a pormanto. Did I say that correct? Where you mix? Pormanto. Pormanto. Those damn computer pronunciation things. Pormanto. That's what um, I thought it was, and it told me pormanto. Yeah, maybe it's pormanto. Either way. It's, that's when you take two words and make a new word with it, right? Yes. Okay, so where it came from was kawa, which is the word for river, and wapa, which is the word for child. So that's where they get the river child. See? River child. Yeah, I'm just saying the word There's kappa a lot of similarities is, between the bunyip and the kappa. What I was, I was, that's the whole time I was just thinking. I was like, there's so many similarities. <laughs> right. And watch me hit you with this smooth jam. Let's hear I it. have an idiom alert for you. I also had an. That's what I'm alert. saying. Oh. <laughs> who are we? <laughs> We're the hosts. Uh, who are we? <laughs> and what was the? All right, so it's hey no kappa, which means like a river imp's gas, mm. which is the same as our saying piece of cake. Whoa. So if it's just like, hey, uh, can you make me a pizza? And the guy's like, make you a pizza. Hey no kappa. I love that. Right? Yeah, that's great. Like, it sounds like, like, no problem. Let's start saying it. Yeah, hey, no cap. Do whatever we want. All right. But now I'm going to slap you with a second idiom <laughs> Is this alert. still going? No, this is like your episode last year. It was oh, so yeah. long. But I was enjoying yours. This is, you're not having a good time. I am. I'm just getting nervous about the time. <laughs> Don't worry about the time. That's oh. their problem. Oh, okay. Points to listeners. <laughs> All right. So the other one is Kappa no Kawa no gari, which means even a kappa can get carried away by the river, which means everyone makes mistakes. Right, because they should be able to be, they can handle exactly, the river. Exactly, exactly. They're water people. There's another one, which is kappa haga, which means a man with a bald spot. Duh. Like, like the monks. I'm a kappa haga. A kappa haga. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> And the last word that I have is amagappa, which means raincoat, which is believed to have circled back to the kappa because they have this weird thing where if they need, no, they do need to take off their skin to sleep. That's some surprising information as <laughs> right? well. Yeah. <laughs> and they're defenseless without the skin and they can't go back into the water without it, which means they're sleeping on land. Every night? I guess. Without their skin. Right. And if like... Imagine if you were to steal that skin. I, I might. Bet you, I bet you there's like a, like a folk story about that, right? Kappa jacket. Anyway, make sure everybody that you go out and check out Death Kappa. Mm -hmm. It's like Godzilla, only worse. Mm -hmm. uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, they're mistaken for Kappa. Oh, And that, I've never that makes, watched that, that one. That makes sense. You've never seen I've never Turtles seen 3? It. No. Oh my God. I think when I was a kid, I was like... Those Chinese uniforms look like they're going to try and make me learn something about history. I don't think so. <laughs> it's Japanese, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Because Kappa were big in China, too. Oh, they were? Yeah. And they were also called Kappa? Well, because there was that story of the story of the Chinese Buddhist. It's the, the, the one that was the, um, the monkey or whatever, the Anki. Yeah. So it kind of comes from, one of the ideas comes from there. It's the Enko. Oh, okay. So they know about it, too. Okay. I think. <laughs> Seems like it. From what you're know. telling me. I don't know what I know. But there's something else you should know. This is a big one, people. King Koopa is a Kappa. He was designed as a Kappa. And when you think of the Koopa oh, yeah. Troopers. <clears throat> yeah. I always, as a kid, I was like, why are they turtles with beaks? Right. Because of the Kappa. Right? Beautiful. Yeah. So... That is a, yeah, that's an excellent merging of cultures right? right there. And I always wondered about this. Why do some people call him Bowser sometimes and then King Cooper, whatever? And it's just like, maybe it makes sense. He is a king of the Kappas, but his name is also Bowser. Right. Right? Yeah. But still, dollars to donuts. You ask me what his name is, I'm saying King Koopa. Yeah. yeah you know, Bowser's it's not as fun for me. It's not as fun, no. no. I'd like to play Super Mario Brothers 3 right now. We can. Oh. And the final thing for all you Harry Potter nerds out there in The Prisoner of Azkaban, mm, Professor Lupin introduces his class to a Kappa. Oh. Man, J.K. Rowling, she really gets it all in there, doesn't she? 
She does. And that was the Kappa. Well done. Oh, wait, or is it is? That's the. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, I, I, I said it was. Look at this one. Oh, my God. That is great. <laughs> That's ridiculous, Lynn. Yeah, it's like it a velociraptor. I know, right? Um, all right. Well, listen. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Doobie and Monster. Don't Be an Idiom will be returning next week. If you want to get in touch with us, write to don'tbeanidiom at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram for all the fun posts. So much fun stuff. You'll wonder how we're so creative in multiple mediums. Mm, you might wonder that. Yeah. Um, but until next time, do, do be, be a, a monster. monster.